Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Recording? Not yet. Hold on. Okay, I was like, I don't see the button, Mel. Mish, you can't. Wait, 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 wait. Let the phone ring. Hi. <laughs> Hello, I've had two coffees. I apologize in advance. I can hear it. Like, I can hear and feel your heart beating from where I am right now. Oh, my God. I've had so much problem sleeping. Like, I know you know sleep deprivation, but I just can't. So today's a two coffee day. Okay. So, two coffee, Mel. Tell me. Tell me. Just just let me have it. my God. Okay. So, all week. And I apologize to you again for ruining the whole new... Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I do not give you the floor. I do not give you the floor. (laughs) You need to tell all these people what you did this week. I was hoping we could avoid that, but I had a feeling you would make me do this. I forgot (laughs) until you just reminded me. There's a reason we shouldn't speak until Friday. There's a reason we don't speak about General Hospital until Friday. So people's... This is the thing. I love my sister and thank God she loves me. So it's later. It's an evening time. I'm watching GH. I'm like, oh, like in a tizzy over what happened so I'm instead of saying Mesh hey did you finish watching GH because I would like to somewhat discuss a thing usually we don't do that but I was so like what the heck that I messaged her so Neil died <laughs> I was so mad I was in the middle of watching I know I was, like, I was oh, in no. the episode I was like did she really just uh. say that <laughs> So only one person in my house got to be shocked about Neil's death, and it was Johnny. It certainly wasn't me. And like I said, to be fair, I was on Twitter that day while I was at work because I do social media and stuff like that at work, and it was on there. So like I, I wasn't surprised, but I wanted to see like how it would happen. Like I saw the headline, or I saw people like chatting about it, and then I'm like, okay, I don't know what part it's gonna happen, but I was mentally prepared for it to happen. <laughs> Yeah, not me. Not me at all. So why don't you tell me, what did you think about all that? Okay, so the minute it happened, okay, wait, the minute it happened, I was like, drugs, drugs, drugs. Your song just popped into my head all week long. All week long I had that song. I was just singing that (laughs) a few minutes ago. Okay, keep going. So, and when it happened, like when it just happened today, I like literally screamed. I was like, I knew it. (laughs) You knew it was drugs. You knew it was drugs. I knew it was drugs because wouldn't it explain the interaction with him and Julian? Oh yeah. Yeah. That could make some sense. Yeah. Like it made so much more sense. His messy hair, like apparently like he got all disheveled. (laughs) He was handling all of this like chaos in his life so calmly and mildly. Here's the thing. I have a question for you because I can't remember this part because I got so excited about that part. When they were talking about new careers, so I'm just kind of like stringing together all of like the drug clues this week. Okay. Did he did he say <laughs> did he say to Alexis that he wanted to be a chef? Yes, he did. Okay, so follow just just follow me along this journey, okay? Okay. So he said he wanted to be a chef. Later White on powder, the- flour. <laughs> no, I don't know. But that's clever. That's really clever. Okay, so later on in the week, Curtis yeah. is a chef and he feeds Jordan fish. You know, like drugs. No. No. <laughs> Curtis is a chef. Neil died. Drugs. Chef. Curtis is a chef. He feeds Jordan fish. Isn't it like that mob thing? Like you're a dead fish in the water or something like an expression. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking Curtis is the next one with the drugs, and then he hands the meal over to TJ. TJ is going to have drugs too. All of these people are having drugs. 
I am not I on drugs. I am on caffeine. <laughs> Let's just clarify. <laughs> okay, so I mean, if if I take everything you're saying, um, it's sort of like he bought a hospital. But what's really going on is that he's funneling drugs through fish. No. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> the cafeteria, so, don't eat the fish. <laughs> okay, so that was not the point of that story. So, okay. Oh, I remember the expression now. This is why, because I messed up the expression. Sleep with the fishes? Yes. I even wrote it down so that I could tell you. <laughs> now it all makes sense to me. So, so there's drugs in the fish? I think it's more like what I'm thinking is that Curtis, especially with threatening Cyrus mm-hmm. and gave okay, the clue with Neil that he's going to be potentially close to death. I don't think he'll die. I don't think TJ will die, but I think there's going to be a point where Curtis is going to either flirt with the idea of drugs or maybe once he, he finds out about Taggart and this whole Porsche thing comes to light that he's going to go to a dark place. Well, and... Cyrus, well, Cyrus is really direct though. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you don't have to wait for your own personal life to implode on you because Cyrus will get there first. Mm. Um, and I'd like to think, I feel like it's Curtis's turn over TJ, like TJ already has been kidnapped and I'd like yes. for Cyrus to leave him alone. Just on the scary factor, like the fact that he owns the hospital, his posters in the background, he walks up to, to Jason being like, how's Brando firing Bobby and Monica? Oh my gosh. Like all of those things, I'm just like, okay, like this is a lot, like he's very scary. So just to tone it down for me, to make it less scary, I say just go <laughs> after Curtis because like Curtis... <laughs> obviously tried to confront him pissed him off like and he could potentially be that obstacle between Cyrus dealing with Jordan I like that idea okay like I don't want TJ to get into drugs or to get into any more trouble and and if he actually does start that relationship with Brando then maybe he can stay out of trouble and just have his bromance okay I just I'm loving TJ so much like I love how he puts on the extra comedy because that's how I see it and I think that's the intent it's meant to be funny you know what I mean it's meant to torture Molly it's meant to make us (laughs) laugh so whenever I see those scenes where he was teasing Molly about the baseball like that was comedy to me and I loved it and I found him funny and then the way that TJ transformed into cold as ice when he was dealing with Cyrus it was like I don't think I've ever seen him look so hot (laughs) right (laughs) because right now a lot of his role is to be goofy to torture Molly Mm-hmm. but seeing him confront Cyrus like that I don't know it was really interesting like it was kind of fun you know giving him the floor because he's really entertaining and versatile as an actor like I'm very much entertained by TJ right now well yeah as much as it was like a, a small part in like the rest of the story this week I really love the Molly TJ thing especially when Molly had the flashback she's like yeah I like you and I'm thinking yep you like him naked my friend <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people would <laughs> And, and I think that this whole Cyrus thing, like when they ran, went around the corner after Cyrus left and Molly and TJ were just, it was the first time that you saw them like happy over something mutual, that one of them wasn't trying harder than the other, that this was like yes. genuine, like, oh my gosh, that was so crazy. Like this, their own little situation in their own world again. But it makes them kid-like too. You know what I mean? That was funny to watch. <laughs> they were on the same page, but it was super kid-like. And I just felt like Molly in particular, like you grew up around the mob. I just felt like, should you, don't you guys know who Cyrus is? is? Well, like, yeah, just, that was a little concerning. <laughs> yeah, like, you guys are scaring me. Like, I don't think you guys can, can be safe right now. Like, I don't think you understand how serious the Cyrus situation really is. 
But I really have to go back to Alexis for a second because, like we said, the desk was just... <laughs> I mean, for those who were not on social media earlier that day, yes. it was really... Un- and who didn't talk to Mel, it was really <laughs> unexpected. And going back over my notes, I just wanted to read all the things I read. I said, sorry, before he died. Neil is asking to be friends again. I roll. After losing their careers over each other, Alexis confesses she's into Neil. Like, the fact that it took that, you know what I mean? That she, and it wasn't like... We, we lost our careers over each other. Um, let's just be together. Like, I love you. It was like, I think I like you. Let's just, <laughs> I think, I think that's what's going on. And, um, and then I wrote, like, what a useless story is what I wrote in my note. And then he died. <laughs> it's just like, what? Like, I was like, you're proving my point. Like, what? But the fact that there was drugs involved obviously makes Neil so much more interesting at this point. But a lot of what was going on between Neil and Alexis was like baffling to me. Like, Alexis's acting this week was great. Like, she really looks like she's mourning and really, really upset over him. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to hear her talk about how idiotic all of that was. The games yes. that they were playing, you know, not diving in because throughout, frankly, it just didn't show that she was into him whatsoever. You know what I mean? This is why, like, it never made sense to me when Sam would berate her for being like, why don't you, like, fight for him? And I was like, she <laughs> doesn't seem that into him. So, yeah, like, it's the whole thing is just the whole Neil situation was just bizarre to me. Like, it, I thought it, more would come from it because now at the end I just feel like that couldn't have been the intention from the start that Neil would come in Mm -hmm. and then land and be part of this Cyrus storyline like I find that difficult to believe that was the intention of his arc on the show I agree too and I kept kind of trying to dig and figure out like this is great for Alexis's character like you said she's kind of opened her eyes and even looked at Sam's relationship and the decisions she's made lately in such a different light because she's about like living in the moment it opens up her relationship with Sam it's potentially you know Alexis and Finn consoling each other there's like all these great openings where does Alexis land now there is and I know it sucks because it's like the millionth thing to go wrong mm-hmm. in terms of her love life but what are yes. you gonna do it's part of her life <laughs> like that's but I her think, character well, that's her cross to bear as a character on the show exactly but I think it leaves room for her to develop like we know her as a lawyer and we know her as one to have cruddy men relationships but now it's time for her to focus on her focus on the now take those oh, risks that she take but on herself and like I can't wait to see what her new path is going to be and I really hope she doesn't end up like drinking and all that stuff I want to see her like take this and turn it around and like really make like the best life for herself no I really agree what you're saying giving us her, her chance of stopping the lawyer stopping all these labels but to actually find herself I really kind of like that idea in terms of like her next journey mm-hmm. um it just kind of sucks that she's like now, now there's only one person who lost their career for no reason. It sucks. Like, yeah. it sucks. But what you said kind of makes me feel really positive about it. It would be nice to see who is Alexis, not the lawyer. But, man, it was pretty brutal. Like, not only was it unexpected, they rolled out the body. Mm-hmm. Valerie was busy this week. She showed up there <laughs> being like, when she asked, like, how would you characterize your relationship? And I was like, let me tell you about drag bingo. Because that is how this started. <laughs> it was just it was just awkward and it was a lot. Like, the guy just died. Like, there's nothing. I mean, now we know that there was drugs involved. But mm-hmm. it was it was just a lot. Like, I feel like with, with Valerie, I mean, we know Dante's coming back. But I just feel like even when Valerie was, was questioning Carly, it was like, there it is. 
you know, that same thing mm-hmm. that Dante had, like, because they're a cop is just, they're on the outs with like everyone, you know, they're on the outs with people they're supposed to be close with. Like they're intrusive. Like they're the annoying person. That's a really, really good point. Cause I was annoyed. <laughs> yeah. I was, <laughs> I, I was just like, can you leave Alexis alone? Like she visibly looks distraught. Okay, but like I was also thinking as like, okay, I'm, I feel bad for Alexis. Oh my gosh, why is she getting all these questions right now? But I was also thinking, so do you burn the bed? Do you buy a new house? Like, <gasps> I what do you that. do? I asked <laughs> to Johnny yesterday, and not like in the context of having just finished watching General Hospital. Like mm. we were just like I literally just randomly asked that question. So like, what do you do when someone dies in your bed? I'm like, do you wash the sheets? Do you throw out the entire bed? Like how extensive do you need to be in this scenario? But do you know what's like, maybe, maybe this is too soon, but this is something I thought about the whole scenario. Cause we talked about how Alexis has her issues with men, but I yes. was like, she only wants what she can't have. And I feel like, is she like, maybe she just wants him so much more now that he's dead. <laughs> like, I kind of love that. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> um anyways like even when she was like and I know this is harsh but again like I always just was like like always kind of like WTF about the whole Neil and, and Alexis thing because she's like crying to Sam and saying stuff like he knew me he really knew me and I was like because he, he was your, your therapist, therapist. <laughs> like of course he knew you deeply because you guys barely hung out you hung out like three times mm-hmm. oh my gosh um Okay, so it, it like all that was funny yet sad, but what kind of made me giggle even more is when Sam walks in with Alexis into her apartment and Jason's like, okay, so we're still not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was really funny. It was, it was awkward, but I kind of enjoy that. You know, like I kind of enjoy all those awkward and comedic moments, but yeah, it was pretty awkward and I love how like Alexis took charge. Just tell him. Just tell him Neil died in the bed. And I love this. tough on Alexis but it was all quite like it got me like this was the most interested I've been in her relationship with Neil was this week so the interesting thing about the way it was written the Alexis storyline is exactly what I love the awkward moments the sadness like it was all so well meshed together that it was it made it bearable (laughs) no it was like I I really loved it I was super entertained by that the whole Neil thing was really unexpected and I don't know, like Sam was just being a lot. Like I can understand Alexis just feeling overwhelmed, needing to process and needing a minute alone. Yeah. And then Sam being like, okay, you don't want me there. I'll just like call Molly or Christina. It's like, I don't think she just wants not you. I think she just wants no one. Like Sam was just being a lot, super overbearing, which has sort of been her thing with her, her family, like with the, you know, with the Davis women. Well, that's exactly it. I found it was very like within her character lines, like, she made it about herself. It's like, it's no, it's not. She didn't want like you, Sam, as a person, as one of her daughters, send me another daughter in. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I do think that's it too, though. Like making it a tad about herself. Like, of course she cares about her mom and wants her to be okay. But it's also more about Sam wanting to be sure her mom's okay. So she wants to be with her every single second to kind of monitor her. I agree. And you could also see like, it's funny how you see different types of characters depending on what the situation is. So when she was telling um, Alexis about the whole situation with Valentine and how she was kind of like looking for that regular Alexis reaction and Alexis, you know, went into that whole speech of live in the moment and you did what you had to do for your family. Um, And I thought that was really great. But I was like, is she looking for validation? Is she looking for to be yelled at? Like, what exactly was she looking for in that moment? 
I'm not sure because it's like, I mean, look, how she feels about the whole situation and what she did really hinges on Jason's perspective. Because if Jason wouldn't have been upset about Michael lose, like, you know, uh, not being CEO or anything like that, it wouldn't have mattered. So I just think that it's a big deal because Jason reacted that way. And I guess she was looking for like a similar kind of reaction from Alexis, like this whole thing being a big deal. And Alexis is like, I'm kind of done with your drama. Like my boyfriend just died in my bed. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Like, this is not a big deal. Yes. Like, deal with it. That's, <laughs> that's exactly how I felt. Like, this is not about you right now. And the thing is, Jason, yes, he was upset, but it is what it is, and he's moved on. Like, he hasn't yelled at her. They're not not talking. The guy moved back in, which I have to say this. Like, when he moved back in, it was just, like, the way that GH has presented this whole relationship with Sam and Jason, basically, it just got me used to them not really being together. And frankly, I had no idea what it meant that they wouldn't be together for two years. Because Jason kind of said, like, oh, I just figured, like, I hadn't expected to move back in before two years. So in my head, I was like, oh, man, you were going to wait. That's, that's amazing. Like, I had no idea that, like, they were, like, still together together. Like, I really just didn't know what to think. And when he came home, to me, it was just uneventful. And I blame just the way that the story was presented. Like, I like I find it hard to care about this reunion. It's, it was all very blah. Like, the only thing that made it go, oh, wow, this is a big deal, was Danny coming home and seeing Jason. I totally agree. Like, I, I'm a little thrown off about them as a relationship and their storylines together. There's two things that it, it's making me a little kind of confused about where I want to stand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there was the part where... Um, Spinelli and Jason were sitting together and they were talking. They're talking about Maxie and, uh, oh, Spinelli was talking about Maxie and that the fact that she was pregnant, like Jason didn't know that she was pregnant because he was in the hospital. So he yeah. didn't hear what everybody heard. And Jason said to Spinelli, so I don't know in this moment if he was talking about Sam or himself. So he says, she's seeing what she wants to see. Once her denial breaks, it will hurt a lot. Oh. Yes. But the, the look on his face when he's saying this to Spinelli, I'm like, okay, is it him he's talking about? And then later on in the week, that moment in the hospital, I think it was today, when Sam is so off about Brando and Jason mm -hmm. is just, again, right on the money, just showing again how different their gut instincts are, how different they see things. And like, yes, people can have differences, but at some point they have to mesh. And Sam is just so stuck on her side where Jason is always kind of flexible and logical and he, he has good gut instinct. Yeah, like that is interesting that you pointed out what he said and applying it to that relationship because that could be very true because like I said, they're not really portraying the last year or even the last little while as epic between Jason and Sam. The reunion <laughs> when she got a new parole officer wasn't epic. It was fraught with tension. Mm -hmm. And even now, it's true. Like, it, I cringe, you know, when she was talking to Alexis and she's like, I just know he's a bad guy. And then we see that, like, he had nothing to do with anything. And Jason I kept trying to tell her, like, no, this doesn't exactly make sense. And as much as we could talk about them having different gut feelings, like, her gut feeling sucks. Like, it sucks. <laughs> It totally. hasn't been anywhere good in the past two years. Oh, so true. So, so true. I don't know. I don't know. Like, she's on the same page with Jason, but I do, I did pick up on a lot of his facial expressions. And, like, to me this week, it looked like it was just awkward for him to see how off she was. Okay, right? Even when they were at the park and mm -hmm. they're, they're watching the camera and she's asking questions, like, we gotta go. Like, it's all time to debate why he's getting beat up. Like, we need to get there now. They're not in sync right now. 
They're not in sync. I don't, I don't feel, but what, what actually surprised me. So this is where, you know how you said it's confusing you. It's throwing me because it's like, he moves in. He tells her about Taggart, which shocked me, but then they're also not on the same page. So like, to be honest, like I, I am not really good right now at gauging the temperature of their relationship whatsoever. I mean, if anything, I, I'm assuming at this point, they'll kind of continue to go on a different path. Well, especially that Jordan had a flashback with Jason in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. About that. About that. I had posted, I think over the weekend, like, what do people think um, like about uh, this in quotations, air quotes, friendship between <laughs> Jordan and Jason, which is a fun alliteration. And like the majority of people, the majority of people were like, yes, to some kind, to something more with Jason and, and Jordan. Wow. I'm actually really I surprised. I was surprised. I was really surprised. Like three quarters of the people, like 75% were like, yeah, to this sort of situation. And that's the thing. I just think that like, again, I'm a Jason and Sam fan, but when it's been a really long time that I'm not used to really seeing them together, that's the whole point. Like you got me used to this. Like you got me used to the distance between the two of them, that it's easy for me to see them as separate than together. 100%. And I love like just talking about like separate and leading separate lives. I, I really kind of liked the idea, which was a play on Jason being a cop when Spinelli brought up um, them starting yes! a business together. What did he call it? He was something did, like Spinelli uh, and Associates, and he thought that Jason could be the, the associate. But like that threw me for that to be put out there, right? Because I was like, this is a legit way to kind of pull together all the things we've been saying. But I just think like that has to be on purpose. That's twice now something about like a shift in what Jason does was brought up. Like I don't know if these are just jokes, but I just find I find it's interesting oh no he called it jason and associates oh he did he did and then okay so but isn't it interesting like just sam has a pi company yeah big air quotes as well that's why i said it that way (laughs) but the thing is right before spinelli talked about starting up his practice again Mm -hmm. alexis literally told sam why don't you like go off with spinelli and Jason like she said Spinelli first like I don't even know if she said Spinelli or Jason and then she did mention like go do your PI stuff yeah I was just like what I was thinking though through the comparison of the two is that she just she's not very good at it and here again we have this comparison of like Jason's life versus Sam's life and where they are in it it's not looking good I don't think that it is so another relationship that might actually be doing better or might be having one I'm just surprised that Willow and Michael didn't kiss already because I honestly thought that when Wiley came home and the way she looked at him and hugged him I thought that they were gonna kiss they did eventually so did I. I just thought they were gonna kiss <clears throat> earlier I agree like what made me think that they would when I thought they would actually kiss is at the nurse's ball okay um, because of how close they were sitting how she kept looking at him and the way he yeah. was like so comfortable and answering the calls like i I knew they would eventually get there, but for the first mm-hmm. time, I actually saw that kind of like chemistry and spark and potentially her taking the lead and putting Chase at the back of her mind a little bit further. So when he 
brushed her hair away from her face and they just had this intense conversation and they had that kiss I was just like yes it's happening tenderness (laughs) so when they had that tender moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah so when they did have all that tenderness in their tender moment and their awesome (laughs) kiss it it just felt like exactly like their wedding day like we both said and agreed that like their kiss was just so natural and more natural like more willing like more open to possibilities I was confused though with the kind of her speech to Wiley and then like what she was saying afterwards to Michael. It's like her words were saying one thing when they were at the park, but her eyes were saying like, take me now. So I was a little confused. Um, I think she wants it all, but I just thought it was hilarious that she had such an intimate conversation with a toddler about her romantic <laughs> life. <laughs> but I have to admit, like as things were progressing, like she was so wifely to Michael like she is loving this role like when she found out that like Nell hit him on the head with a vase the way she to be honest I've never seen her behave that way with Chase and Chase was like a cop like I would assume like he was in more danger on the regular than Michael was (laughs) (laughs) and I've never I've never seen her that like protective over him but I just love also the, the creative COVID ways that we know people are kissing. We don't see it, but we know <laughs> it's happening. And I'm exactly. loving it. And it was just hilarious because, like, Michael talks to Jason about, like, Willow. And be like, oh, my God, like, we kiss. And it's just like, oh, my God, no, you kissed your wife? <laughs> I know, right? Did your hands graze also? <laughs> like, like, so much drama. <laughs> like, I can't even. And so I love how Jason was, like, eye roll. Like, do we have to talk about this? I love how he like it was inevitable I just thought those scenes are pretty funny and even like their talk about like the kidnapping when Michael was like trying to express like what that experience was like for him and Jason you know responded with like now it's like you could breathe again I was just staring at the screen I'm like Michael do you know how many people Jason's love that have been kidnapped like how many children he knows that have been kidnapped and recovered like if anyone (laughs) knows what you're going through it's this guy (laughs) so I just anyways I love the whole thing he has the convo with Jason but then he's all like what do I do I don't know and then he hears the whole conversation Willow's having on the monitor and for me I feel like okay like you have your green light you have the answer but Michael still looked genuinely confused like he still totally agree I I don't know (laughs) I can't understand (laughs) what's happening That's how I took it all. That's how I took it all. So how awkward did you feel for Chase when he went to go tell Sasha, like, I'm going to tell Willow everything? Oh, my gosh. I was like, you're you're one kiss too late, buddy. (laughs) It was really sad. And you know how we always talk about Sasha as being, like, a normie in Port Charles, like, really reflecting the audience perspective a lot of the times and I felt she just she did just that with Chase like I like really appreciated how direct she was with Chase because he really needed to hear it like I was taken aback I'm like you have Sasha who understands the reality of the situation which is why she's doing all the free drugs and then you have (laughs) Chase who's just like she'll want me now like now that Nell's gone oh it's free and clear and I'm like I don't think so like you wanted to go back to like hanging out in your apartment being like a cop's girlfriend when she's like Michael Spencer Corinthos Quartermain like wife living in a mansion with the child she loves 
You really think she would break up that family unit for that? For you and your wine guy? I know. I felt really bad for him because he was very, you can tell he was delusional and hopeful because yeah. just the idea that he thinks Nell is gone, like right there. I'm yeah. like, uh, <laughs> dude, no. And that she would just get over this lie and come running to him. Like, it, yeah. you're so right. Like, Sasha, it was really a reflection of what I was thinking the entire time. Because so every day they're just supposed to like hang out and chill knowing that the child she loves is somewhere else. And it's exactly that. I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of what's happening now, the point is, and, and I really agree with Sasha on this one, you set something in motion. You set a family in motion. And, like, regardless of how it started, she got a taste of something, and she's building something with somebody new. And, I like, I agree. There is 100% no going back. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, like, I mean, when he, I, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me, 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 me. <laughs> like, during that whole conversation, I knew 100% that he would never tell Willow that he would end up stumbling upon, like, the truth. That he would get a slap in the face and would never end up telling her. And that's exactly what ended up happening, which was the funniest thing of life. Like, he was the creepster behind the bushes and no one saw him. Like, how do you not? <laughs> he was wearing a red t-shirt and just his whole face was poking through the bush and they're just having this conversation. And it was just, it was horrible. Like, cause even Michael brings up the fact, like, I know you still love Chase and she's pretty much like, that's not a factor for me anymore. <laughs> and it was such a lie in her convo with Michael when she was just, um, she like changed what she was going to say because she said something like I really I love being with your family I really enjoy and she said being Wiley's stepmom when the reality is she really loves being his wife yeah that's a really good point like there's just a lot like underlying that she wasn't saying but saying at the same time and at the end of the day she wanted more like I love Chase but they're just not at that place like even Sasha could admit you know like she wasn't ready for a family and an in- to be like an insta mom like she wasn't ready for any of those things but the point is you have two people that really really are exactly and like, I was I was dying like especially there was a lot of interesting parts well funny parts too um when I think Chase said to Sasha like I don't however it is that you cope with all of this and we're like well we know how she copes yeah <laughs> and then oh I was dying with your post because I thought exactly the same thing with the way Michael sat down on the picnic blanket oh. <laughs> I just stared I'm like this is like watching a toddler like this is hilarious like what is happening well I also think it's because we call him like the baby CEO exactly. so just like <laughs> killed me it was hilarious. But I also think that they're, like, I was surprised that Sasha went to Brooklyn to talk about Chase. And I was like, are you going to tell the truth? But she didn't. She came up with, like, a plausible explanation to really paint Chase as the good guy that he is. But they're mm-hmm. obviously pushing those two together, Brooke and uh, Chase. Uh, yeah, because was she staring at his butt when he was walking out? She was definitely staring. <laughs> Because we're talking about steering. Like, I mean, look, I know that Lulu genuinely feels bad for for Brooklyn. Yes. And Brooklyn is a part of her life by the fact that Dustin and her, like, work together and are friends. But I still feel it's, like, strange. Like, because she took over the whole visit. Like, it's just yeah. strange to me, this concept in Soap World, where it's like you visit your frenemy. And, like, Lulu did all the talking. And in the background, you just have a lot of Dustin reacting. And Dustin didn't communicate with Brooklyn. He just had, like... 
you know, very pensive. And even when they all went for coffee all together and you have like Maxie and Brooklyn, sorry, Maxie and Lulu talking about Brooklyn, again, the camera goes to Dustin who's feeling like upset about it all. Cause just not well, saying anything. Exactly. Because he can't really express to Lulu who's not really an adult in these situations. And the last interaction he had with, with Brooklyn, he was kind of rude to her. Oh, oh yeah. They had that like fight about like, we can't be together. <laughs> but I'm just wondering if we'll go visit her alone. But it's just for me, I just feel like there is a connection. And I don't know, like, whether it's romantic or not, like, I, I don't actually know. Like, it looks like they're sitting at Brooklyn to be with Chase, but it also mm-hmm. looks like there's some interactions that need to go down between Dustin and Brooklyn. And I'm just wondering how Dustin will react to, like, Chase stepping in. Because even in their fight, the last time they interacted, mm-hmm. a lot of what Dustin was saying to Brooklyn and, and the picture he was painting is that he was extremely committed to Brooklyn's art. He seemed to really admire her as an artist. And it looks like, you know what I mean? Like he blocked the door and forced her to go perform. You know what I mean? Like he has always helped her. Yes. So I wonder what's going to happen if she ends up getting close with Chase that he doesn't get that spot to, to support and help her in the way that it looks like they have in the past. Well, yeah, because it's going to be interesting because we know Dante's coming back. So here we have, you know, potentially Dustin getting jealous and not necessarily in a love way, but just exactly that, like you said, having the spot in her in her life. And then Dante coming back and Lulu trying to figure out where do they all fit together in her life. Awkward. I can't wait. Like, it is so (laughs) exciting. I really, really can't wait. Okay, so Brooklyn. Because we saw last week, like, she was going through a lot, processing a yes. lot, traumatized. Mm-hmm. And I do consider what happened with Ned a trauma and then followed mm-hmm. by everything that happened with Nell. And this week, I'm like, okay, yes, this makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, now we're seeing the aftermath of everything that went down between her and Ned. And we see that she's still pretty mad. And the thing is, I think it's so justifiable. Like, I understand that as a parent, like, Ned and even Olivia, Olivia... Um, I guess I expected something a little bit different. Like, I figured I, mm-hmm. I expected Olivia to be like, you know, it'll take some time, blah, blah, blah. But she was at first on the bandwagon being like, come on, Brooklyn. Just like, let it go. Like, come home. Like, we're like, he's sorry and all this stuff. But I just feel she kind of gets to be that mad. Like, it wasn't a small thing that happened between Ned and Brooklyn. No, exactly. And I think Olivia was a two-parter. One, she had to get on a plane the next day, so she just wanted yeah. to hurry this thing along. And the second, I think she genuinely wants her home, you know? So it's like she's, so she's, yeah, like separate from Ned. And I love her explanation. Like, um, I once told Lois I wanted, uh, you're dead to me, but the next day we played stickball. Like, oh, that okay. Made me really laugh. I can't, I can't even express how much I love that moment, how well <laughs> it was delivered. It was so random. Like, this is like this an intense situation where they're trying to convince her of something. And then there was that amazingly delivered comedic moment by Olivia. Like, it was my favorite. It was my freaking, that is my favorite line of the week. Her awkwardness and trying to, like, exactly like what you said. Speed the process along. I said those words. <laughs> it's fine. We went to go play stickball. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I think that is happening. <laughs> Right? Okay, so for me, Olivia gets the gold star this week because she had a lot of intense, yet exactly that beautiful, perfect lines that are supposed to set Ned straight. Typically, Olivia and Ned, not much is usually going on that we don't end up going into it a lot, but I loved every second of it. Like, I was just baffled by Ned. Like, he was being such a jerk in terms of the pressure he was putting on Olivia. 
about yes. like you're gonna leave like basically you're saying I can't get through to my daughter so now it's all on you like I really couldn't even begin to understand how insane that was like she hasn't seen her son in how long and he doesn't he's not okay with basically Olivia taking a plane to get a glimpse of her son to get a glimpse of Dante all just so that she could stick around to help make Brooklyn like him again it was so infuriating. I think, like, he said something to the effect of, or maybe exactly, like, I need you now. It's like, but Olivia has needed you for months. And exactly. all you did, oh, my God, it was like, maybe I have issues from my old relationship, but I was, like, getting heart palpitations hearing Ned speak to her in that way. He was trying to portray is that he is important. He's the only one that needs yep. to be validated. When Olivia's the one that's been going through so much, his situation is new. I'm not saying it's bad, but he has to deal with it on his own. Like, yeah. I was just so infuriated by the way... Oh, I was just so happy with the way also that Olivia handled it. So as upset mm-hmm. as I was with how Ned was talking to her and how he was approaching her, I love what Olivia said. She's like, why are you saying this to me like I wasn't there? I'm literally staring <laughs> at that line because I loved it. I love that she called him on his crap. And I and, and exactly that. It was infuriating to watch it be all about him and him not taking into consideration what she was going through and making such a stink over this whole thing when ultimately it was just a few days. A few days really wouldn't make a difference. Like at the end of the day, it wouldn't. Like Ned, who's acting like such a Ted, could easily just keep trying. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, but like, constantly telling her Brooklyn that oh Olivia spoke to you Olivia helped you see the light and you need to do something on your own you need to show Brooklyn that you kind of fix this on your own without Olivia doing it for you that's exactly it and we talked about it before and mm-hmm. it just it was very frustrating like you said he was a Ted and seriously I put that in my notes because so he stomped his feet he yelled he stomped some more he didn't get what he wants so he said the most hurtful thing to Olivia and then as she's walking out the door says you can't leave mad I was like oh my god I'm gonna punch the tv right now yeah he said don't leave angry and then I wrote then make her less angry then don't piss her <laughs> off if you don't want her to leave angry and when he says to her Uh, that she should honor Dante's wishes and stay away. I was like, maybe you should do the same. Is that Mm -hmm. not what Brooklyn is asking of you? Like, it it was ridiculous. And I like that Olivia called him on the whole thing of like, um, you're, you're making me choose one kid over the other. Yeah. And it just really wasn't fair. Like, there was no reason why these things could not happen simultaneously. But, I mean, look, it's Ned right now. He's acting so selfish. Why don't Has he always been selfish? I feel like he might have been. We just haven't seen it to this extent. He was just pretty terrible to her. And I'm just glad that she stood her ground. It's like, I don't know who you thought you married. But if you think that the whole world revolves around you, I think Olivia is the right one to tell you that no, it doesn't. And you're not that important. Not more than her anyway. Exactly. And it it just... I love the arc to like, or the jump to her relationship with Robert, where he's all like, yeah, fighting in each other. Oh my God. So what did he say to her? And I giggled. He's like, um, oh, they made a deal to lean on each other. And I said, mm-hmm. more like on top of each other. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> no, but I thought that too, when they were talking about supporting each other, I also love the whole um, recap of like Holly's history. Yeah. I'm very much into um, Olivia and Robert. They're adorable together and I cannot wait to see their trip. And that's the thing. It's going to be a pleasant surprise because at the end of the day, we see Dante is more open to getting back to his family. So she has a larger chance of getting him to come back than she even knows. So I am very much looking forward to this trip because I think it's only going to be a positive thing. And I think she's just going to come back 
with even more gratitude toward Robert because Robert <laughs> will have accomplished the impossible, which was to get her son back, which is going to be a huge F you to Ned and what he told her that trip was going to be. Exactly. I cannot wait to see how it all pops out. And I know you thought I was crazy a while back when I said, oh, potentially Robert and Olivia are going to go on an adventure about Holly. But what if the Dante adventure is just the first step to, you know, figuring out everything with Holly? I think it has to be. Like, you can't take that trip, talk about Holly, and have it not be that. And at the same time, too, did you hear that the guy playing Ethan is coming back? I did. I'm so, so excited. Uh, exactly. So I'm kind of wondering if all of that is going to happen at the same time. Yes. In Geneva. That. Okay. Side, side thing here. So a few hours ago, the actor who played Morgan tweeted. Yes. Uh-huh. To all four or all current soap operas that uh-huh. he's ready to work. <gasps> <laughs> So he like tweeted at Young and the Restless, Days, GH. There is another one. There's four. GH, Young and the Restless. Bold. Bold and the Beautiful. Bold. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> he might be back on the soap sometime soon. And no idea if it'll be General Hospital. That's exciting, though. I would watch, I think, a little bit of him anywhere. He's really amazing. So who knows what's going to happen with that? But yeah, I am so happy about Ethan coming back. And when I think about when he was last on the show, um, he had something with Christina. But the whole thing was Christina was too young for him. Like she oh. was, she was a teenager, and she really liked him. But aside from like the romantic thing, they had a real bond. So I would love to see their bond picked back up, regardless of where that may lead, whether it be really good friends, whether it takes them on adventures. But damn it, Christina can use some people in her circle. Right, geez. So yeah, that's really, really exciting. I can't wait to see what part he plays. By like, the not way, legitimately I... what part he plays, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> So I just want to say this. I totally forgot. Okay, so yeah, Brando's really hurt. He'll recover. Everybody knows he's innocent now. But uh, what did you think when the cop went to go question him? Because the cop never actually got to question him. (laughs) It was really bizarre. Because he like, you know, Brando's like, oh, you're questioning me about this. And he's like, something like, I'll come back later. Like, it was such a weird scene. The cop barely said a word. I just found that whole thing to be really hilarious. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody get away with dealing with a cop where they did the questioning for the cop and the cop never said anything. It was great. (laughs) It was great. So Carly and Jax have their little secret. She's having nightmares that now might come back. And I don't blame the girl. Mm-hmm. for being like she may not be super dead because <laughs> no one ever and I love I love her rationale there's no body <laughs> like that's the same logic we use to know exactly. whether somebody <laughs> in the soap is dead or not but it's that's exactly just, it exactly and it was just it was a lot because you know you have Jack's coming to see her he's aware that she's not going to tell Sunny for the time being Mm-hmm. Um, and I did appreciate her rationale. She doesn't want Nell taking away from Sonny's last moments with her, with his father. And as we continue to see the week unfold, I think that's very true. And while Sonny might be mad that she held, that she lied or basically withheld the truth for a while, at the end of the day, I think everybody can agree that Sonny wants these moments and it's important for him to have these moments with his dad uninterrupted by this kind of drama. Yeah. But what's sad is, is Nina, you know, she's having an argument with Valentine. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're having a super interesting exchange. And then right? she talks about how Jax wouldn't lie to her. Right? 
while this is happening. And I have to say this. Okay. So this is quite, um, quite the comment that I wanted to share with you. And it's from Make Good Choices 67. So listen to this. That's messy to find out Nell is the lost daughter and Jax is helping Carly to cover up the death of Nell. Wow. Valentine may just get his girl back after all. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. It's really crazy. But what gave me goosebumps was when Nina says to Valentine, how do I know you haven't already found my child and just haven't told me? Okay, so that it got me thinking, does he really know and try to kind of like divert the situation and just make sure that she doesn't have to deal with a crazy? Well, that's what we we originally thought. We originally thought he found yeah. out it was Nell and kept her away from him. And he gave two hints. So he, the first thing he said was that's not possible when she said she found a lead. Mm-hmm. And then that statement that she said directly, you know, using her actual knowledge of Valentine. So I don't know. I am concerned that there's a bit more there. Like, I just feel like Valentine is all knowing. So I mean, he could, he could know something. And I just thought it was super entertaining to me when Sam showed up because I feel like Nina is, I mean, look, she cares about Valentine, but I feel like she's Mm -hmm. testing him. Like the fact that she invited Sam to, you know, hash it out with Valentine in front of her. I feel like she wanted to know what does Sam want to talk to him about? And is he still up to his old tricks? Exactly. We know she has a blind spot for him. We know that she gets hypnotized by him. I just, I, it's interesting but, to see it all play out. When everything comes to light with what Jax is doing and then all of the things that Valentine has done in his past, she's going to have a really difficult decision to make. But in the end, I know she's going to choose Valentine because they have their history. Jax is just shiny and new like Valentine said. <laughs> and I think, and I agree with what you're saying about like how Nina is really hypnotized by Valentine. And I think that's why she was very purposeful in having letting Sam speak because I think she needs to give herself those reality checks. And I think she needs to remind herself why they're not together. But I just found Sam like hilarious. Like you're going to confront Valentine now about the shares. Like, I'm sorry. Like asking these questions after the fact, what did you think he was going to do with the shares? He just wanted to be an investor super, super bad. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. Like, come on, Sam. And it just added to my list of like, you have no gut instinct. No, exactly, exactly. And then when she was calling, that's that's the thing. She has no gut instincts. And then she decides to blast Nina saying, oh, Michael was blackmailing Valentine. That's why he didn't want you to press charges on Sasha. And so it was an interesting slap in the face that Nina's learning all this information, but coming from Sam and her whole history. And at the same time too, I don't even know if that was the point where Nina already had her plan in motion anyway. She might not have known those details, but I don't think it was a huge news flash to know that Valentine was behind the scenes on that one. Exactly. Like it wasn't, it wasn't shocking. <laughs> no. But okay, so we, we know that Carly is gonna keep this information from Sunny, but Jason paid a quick visit when they were all at Mike's and then took off. And just his presence there, it just made me wonder: like, is Jason gonna have a sit-down with Carly? Like, is she going to tell Jason what's going on? And also, why didn't Sunny react a lot stronger when you saw, like, the scratches on her face? I know. The whole thing with, like, Sunny kind of really focused on Mike is it's wonderful that he's focused on Mike, but he is missing so much. And, like, mm-hmm. as forgiving as Carly is and as strong as she is, like, that would be upsetting. And I really freaking hope she tells Jason about what's going on. It cannot just be her and Jax. Yeah, I don't know if Jax is capable of handling this whole thing. So I do, <laughs> I would feel better for Carly's sake if Jason 
does come to know. Um, And I feel like they have to have that conversation. That's sort of been the relationship um, lately. And I'm starting to think that maybe Jax is right because in Valerie's questioning to Carly, she -hmm. did ask if Carly hurt Nell. And she did explain that it's because if she has any new marks, we want to put that in the whole like description stuff. But that question alone from somebody that's related to her, I just feel like, you know, Jax kind of has a point in this whole thing. I know. And it really, it's, it's not fun for Carly. It's, it's really terrible, but yeah, I agree. Jason needs to be involved to keep her safe. I think so. And I mean, look, I appreciate all the the moments. Um, like Mike was amazing this week, like with the, with the oh, horses. I just thought yes. it was really beautiful. I liked him getting up. I liked him and Sonny having those moments. The sweetest is when he grabbed him and kissed Sonny because to me it was like, yes. wow, like Sonny for the first time just looks like a little kid in that scene like you know what I mean like you see the epitome of that father-son relationship right there and I was I was really taken aback to have Cyrus at the facility where Mike is oh yes it threw me off because at first I was like who is this person that he's talking to is it somebody Mm -hmm. that he knows and all of a sudden he wants to volunteer there like he makes my skin crawl like he's so good but the bonus for me was brick returning and that was a damn entrance walking in at that time and really kind of you know, like when Cyrus is like, oh, you seem to know who I am and I don't know who you are. Like, to me, that was a little win because Cyrus is really scary, always kind of like a step ahead and also willing to take the first shot all the time. Yes. And I just felt like for me, like Brick's interaction with Cyrus was a little bit of a win. It was because it, it, it lets us know that Sonny hasn't like lost it completely, that they're still mm-hmm. kind of like aces up his sleeve and Cyrus... Mm-hmm. He's so comfortable in the situation. So, yes, it was so, so delicious. I, I did see that. Like, you know what? I, I did in those scenes with Brick, Sonny, and Cyrus. I did feel like there he is. Like, there's Sonny. There's the mobster. And that there was a glimpse of Sonny, the, the one that I feel could take Cyrus on. Yes. We just need him out a little bit more to handle this whole thing. Because I don't know how he's going to feel when he finds out what happens with Brando. And also that Cyrus fired his mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. There's a big storm to come. Many of them. Oh, yes. Okay, so can we talk about (laughs) Anna for a minute? First of all, like, does she even, like, is she actually working for the the WSB? (laughs) Like, is she part-time? Does she just do (laughs) random work and keep them abreast of her situation? Because she has hours to sit in the lobby and just be there while Maxie and Peter go to the doctor. (laughs) Right? Oh my god, especially if you're doing an appointment like in Quebec. <laughs> right? And like the the call from her sister, first of all, I thought it was exciting because her sister is kind of more interesting. <laughs> yes. But well, like it was just bizarre to me. Like her her sister said, like, I'm stuck in Brook in Berlin and mm-hmm. I want you to come and get me. And then she comes off like like such like she comes off really bad when Finn talks to her because Finn's questioning her, like, well, how does she know? Like, what does she want? And Anna's response, like, this is how I took it. I don't really know, but I'm gonna go. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening at all, but I feel like I need to do this mission for whatever reason. And I just think it's gotta be tough for Finn to come in second to nothing in particular. Oh my God, words right out of my mouth. Cause I'm like, you did see the look on Finn's face, right? Like you wanna marry this guy, you're planning your wedding, but the mm-hmm. minute, the minute something exciting, more exciting than your current life that you find so freaking boring, <laughs> you're out. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what it is, but it's like the whole, like, I, I don't understand here. So you want to go on this whole mission, because her conversation with Valentine was interesting. I loved how Valentine just calls her on her crap. 
yes. saying like you're not approaching this appropriately and you got to get it together before you want me to get on board with this. I loved when he said, I don't know who the bigger fool is, you for doing this or me for going with you. I'm like, it's still Anna, but whatever. <laughs> but when he pointed this out, like, what are you going to do with her? Like, what are you willing to do? If you want to end her, you're going to have to be prepared to end her because the WSB is not going to take her into custody. Like, if you think you're going to go arrest mm-hmm. your sister and she'll be in jail... That's not how it works. And I was thinking about that. Like, w- like, what are you going to do? Go arrest her and be like, can someone take her? Because I don't want her to cause family drama. Because is that not the reason you're going after her? Because you don't want her to I mess mean, up Peter's new family life. Exactly. Like, it's so bizarre. What are you going to citizens arrest her? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to cause any more trouble to your son-nephew or my son-nephew. We don't know. Like, it's just... The whole Alex thing was just crazy. And I think it piggybacks off of the conversation with Robert because we finally have Anna. And he's like, I guess I don't have to have this talk with you. You're you're doing it all on your own. Because <laughs> Anna is confessing to Robert, you know, the secret stuff she doesn't want to face. Mm-hmm. And I feel her response to Alex is exactly that. Like, it's an extension of her, you know, her feeling compelled to protect Peter and to not have her lies be for nothing exactly it just I uh, and her the way she was looking at Valentina the way she was looking at Finn afterwards it's like she does love that thrill of excitement that chasing her sister and getting her like she'd rather do that than more than anything else yes and I honestly like like Valentina and Anna would be more interesting because with Finn yes he tries to confront her but he gets so tired and fed up (laughs) That he doesn't know, you know what I mean, to call her on her stuff. Like, Robert's been calling her on her stuff, but Valentina has a way of calling on her stuff and in a more direct way that really gets her. And to me, that's cutting the BS. So I would prefer her to be in a situation where there's much less BS. I like what you had to say there because I do see them more well-paired. And during that time when they're away on their adventure... I like the I like the scenes with Finn and Alexis and them just being like best friends I do. again. I do, and I really like them together. And I liked what he he said to her, and it made me think of Anna. He grabbed a chair and told Alexis, mm-hmm. "Honesty is the way to keep the addicted mind in check." Ooh, and I felt that while Anna doesn't have you know the same addiction as Alexis, I certainly think that there is one there that she has this addiction to drama or to unnecessary missions, which I feel are her last few missions. I totally agree, and I just like the banter, you know, between Valentine and Anna. And who knows if Anna's going to come back as Anna or Alex at this point? Well, that's the thing between her excitement and her eyes and all of this. I was like, is she already switched? This is unfortunately this is Anna no, right now. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Okay, so it's that time. It is that time where Jordan walks in her office and I got to make fun of Curtis. So when she walks in and he's in that chef's hat, I'm like, for real, man? Do you have nothing else going on? And in that scene, I'm watching him be her waiter. And I love that he was playing the role of a waiter. And then it hit me. Johnny did that too once. And I really <laughs> preferred him as the waiter. I'm like, I'm like, just, I'm like, can you just get the waiter back? Can you get the waiter back? <laughs> so it's hard for me to make fun of Curtis. I mean, okay, I'll make fun of Curtis because he did it at her job and Johnny did not do that at my work. Exactly. It kind of <laughs> killed. Like, I thought it was so funny when <gasps> it was like, why, why are we having this dinner date? And all mm-hmm. I kept thinking was, Jordan has Taggart guilt and Curtis has Portia guilt. <laughs> this is I, why we're having dinner. <laughs> kind of. Like, that's the thing. Like, she's like, no, no, no. Like, 
I think you should still hang out with Portia. Like he pretty much said, like we had to talk at <laughs> Kelly's, and I don't. And she's like, it's not all in the past. He's like, it is, but like I don't want to confuse things. And he's like, no, no, no. I think she can still help you with Trina. Like I, I want to be close because Taggart mattered to her. So I just thought that was funny that she was pretty dismissive about that. And when her phone rings and he's like, you know, like I know you want to get that, and it's just like, well, you mean she can do her job even when you're around? That's nice. At like the, don't come to the, the office. office. Like, don't come to the office if you don't want her to do her job. Right? Oh, that man. They really need to give him something to do. Like, everyone won't stop talking about their PI stuff between Sam, Spinelli, and Curtis. Like, Curtis and Sam, they just need to get back together to keep busy. Because they're just getting in the way of their partners, I find. Oh, my God. So true. Yes. I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing before we go. So Spinelli gets Peter, but the thing is, I was shocked he did that with Peter, with, sorry, with Robert out of town, because I feel like Robert told him, like, we need to get, like, some evidence, yes. and even though I said it too, like, when he said, gotcha, I had the same feeling, I was like, gotcha, but is that enough, that video? I don't feel like it's enough, it's just saying, no, it's you know, cool. no, it's like saying to you, like, this person said this about me, help me. But it could be help yeah. me try to figure it out. Help me try to find advice. Why is this person bullying me? Like, it could be a million different things. It's not concrete unless he follows him further. I think it's a step in the right direction. And I think he grasped onto the opportunity because the camera was there. But he's got to push it further. Okay. No, no, no. You're right. Because he does have the camera footage of what he accused him of. And then Peter's response to it. So that is a plus. I was worried that he confronted him, you know, without really telling Robert. Because it doesn't sound that's the route Robert wanted to go. Yes. But I'm, I'm happy about it. He took advantage of the camera, like you said. And now this will kind of propel Peter to cover his tracks and make a mistake. Exactly. Well, I think we covered it all. So, my friend, that's a wrap for this week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.